Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. Now, the San Jose Sharks Locker Room Report with Dan Rusinowski. At the conclusion of the 21-22 NHL season, Sharks Interim General Manager Joe Will met with the media. Let's go to that session now. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, just wanted to share real quick before we get into this. Um, in, in this review or analysis of the season, we're really at the beginning point. Even though the season just ended, it's really the start of the analysis. Uh, over the last two days... Saturday and Sunday, I met with uh, 29 different players, uh, you know, about a half an hour or more each. So it was pretty extensive on uh, on Saturday and Sunday. And that's really kind of been the start. And now I'm in talking here, but just want to give you an idea of the time frame going into some of these questions. Uh, Joe, just first off, just what are your takeaways, the big picture of this season? Um, we fell short, um, you know, of making the playoffs. That's always going to be the first thing that, that I look at, uh, because that's our goal. Um, you know, I felt towards the all-star break or so we were in that, we were very close. We're over 500, uh, I think by five games, uh, we had that, that kind of promising trip, uh, some real hard play out in the Southeast. And, uh, and we fell a little bit short after that, uh, weren't able to really sustain that type of, uh, um, uh, record and, and, and results, uh, then I think that that was really our turning point as far as, as the timing of the season. Um, I felt culturally, I think we made some strides with the club. I feel that we, uh, you know, our work ethic was there, uh, for the majority of the season. Uh, I can't complain about that. Um, and I think, you know, that we were able to put over 450, uh, rookie games, uh, into the league this year, that, that, that was a plus. And so those are the, the pluses, uh, you know, what we're going to do now is look and, and see it's, it's more of, you know, instead of saying negatives, it's more of just some areas that we fall short, that we have to, we have to really, uh, rise them up to, to where we can be, you know, start off by being a, like a 95 point team, uh, you know, get in the mix to, to be back in the playoffs. And then after that level, just, you know, move up to the championship level. Did it feel like, the, you know, talk about that turning point? And at that point, I think the Sharks were maybe on a 90-point pace or something like that. But did it feel like maybe that because of how many younger players you were, you were playing and then the injury started happening, obviously, with the Eric, his forearm surgery, that, that the bottom, with, you know, was maybe going to fall out in some ways, you know, even with how hard you guys were working, just because just maybe didn't have the, the, man, the personnel, the manpower to sustain for 82 games, maybe. Yeah, it's not that we had unrealistic expectations. It, it it was realistic. It a lot of things would have had to have happened right. You know, like we would have had to not have injuries. We would have had to to you know have everybody kind of at their peak, and then and then go through. I mean, it, there is a there's a tad of luck in this game with with that as well. And and we didn't. You know, we had we had injuries and you know that affected our depth and and showed that that you know if we were a little bit deeper in certain areas, it would have. Uh, uh, maybe got us over the hump at, at some of those times, but, uh, you know, in, instead of kind of held us back a little bit, kept us a little bit short. And I, speaking of sort of the realistic expectations of the team, does that also go toward your uh, assessment of Bob's performance that um, he had maybe, uh, like you mentioned, maybe in some ways that at best everything breaks right, you have maybe a 90-95 team, but obviously things don't break right in each of season naturally with injuries and whatnot, mm -hmm. right? And so that does that go into, I guess, your assessment of Bob's work this year? Yeah, it, it's, you know, much like the players, he did a, a really admirable job in, in working hard and, and culturally, you know, maintaining the room that we had. And, you know, he was... He was open to playing all, all young players. Uh, he, he was very, very involved in, in that. And, and we collaborated and, and, you know, that part worked well and, and much like we do with, with the players and, and, 
everybody else. Now the process that we're going to go and analyze the season and, and, and talk about all players, all staff, myself included. That's, that's part of our re- review process. And Bob talked about some of the young players that maybe stood out for him uh, that emerged as maybe guys that you might be able to rely on next year, uh, more so than in past years, so guys like Noah Breger, uh, Balzers, uh, Malash. You mentioned Magna too. You know, Kavia obviously Magna's not a young player, but he's not as experienced too. Uh, are anybody else kind of stand out for you in, in, in that regard? Or do you want to say anything more about the players that I mentioned in terms of their NHL uh, readiness on a playoff caliber team next year? Well, it's, it's, uh, there's a pretty large group of upward trending players and you can even take that more to include Eklund. You could talk about Brandon Coe. You could talk about, uh, you know, others that we have, Tristan Robbins, Weisblatt, uh, uh, Gushkin, uh, along with this group that we have. Um, what I've told all of them is it's hopefully that, that it's going to be a, a very hard team to make next year and they better be ready. And I've told them all, I said, you don't, you know, there, there are some, some of you guys got in because of COVID. Some of you guys got in just that, that we're, there were injuries and everything else. But if you come into a fully healthy training camp, you know, all bets are off there. You, you better be working really hard. I don't know which guys it's going to be. So it, it's, I was really pleased with a lot of guys, uh, you know, this year, I, I think, uh, Coming in, being able to see Noah Gregor, you know, get a little bit better here and uh, and going in the right direction and, and seeing Scott Reedy come in, Sasha Chimileski, Thomas Bortolo, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to forget guys along the way there. There's a number of guys that's just amongst the forwards, amongst the D, you know, even seeing a player like, like Jacob Megna, you know, he's an upward trending player and, uh, you know, a great story. And I am so happy that, that people recognize, you know, what he brings to a team as well, because a, you know, anybody that watches the American League certainly saw that. And and when he had the opportunity up in the National Hockey League, he was able to show that as well. So, you know, just so many players uh, uh, that we have, Jasper Weatherby and 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 others that uh, um, it's going to be a large group. I don't know who's going to uh, rise to the top out of there. And uh, but it'll I think our, our level of competition will be a lot heavier at next year's training camp. Tomas Riddle. Use the phrase 40 goals, and then Bob used the phrase today, 40 goals. So how do you find 40 goals? I don't think it's all in just saying we we do this move or this move and this move, and, and also, bam, it's there. I think it's a bunch of little things. It's a bunch of little areas, you know. Could could we have uh, – uh, we all saw the overtimes at the end of the year, you know. So I think if we address those uh, overtimes and are playing uh, all those overtimes, we're losing – kind of after the break, uh, you know, our mojo and overtimes kind of ended. And if we could have got you know, some more points out of there, that's not necessarily goals within there. Um, but I think maybe doing a few more efficient things, taking a look at it over the summer, which I trust that Bob, you know, will do and, and, and his staff and, and our uh, analytics people and everything else. So look and saying, how can we play a little bit more efficient with what we have, first of all, and then how can we add to it? And we're already adding to it, I think, by playing the young players that we did this year, getting 450 NHL experience games out of there. Uh, the young players that were uh, we've drafted, uh, we're going to draft uh, uh, in the top 11 this year, um, you know, as well. I don't know if that player is going to be ready, but again, we're adding to that pool of potential. And then, uh, you know what, it's we're going to have to go out and find some players as well. Um, and I know the next question that will actually be asked is like that, uh, uh, how do we do it when, you know, in this economic system? And, but I think that that's a challenge of most teams right now. And you look at, 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 there's a lot of teams right now, there's a team out East that, that found a really couple of good young players, you know, in a really value area. We have to do that. We have to, we have to just find some, some players in value areas and, uh, you know, they could come in and, and help provide that. Joe, um, Eric Carlson mentioned Saturday how Sharks had a great start to the season, but um, teams eventually figured out what we were doing. And once that happened, we could recover from that. What do you think he was alluding to there? Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think it was that teams figured out. I, we did adjust throughout the year. We adjusted our system a couple of times. So we uh, we did we did make adjustments. I, I would say it was just more more injuries, depth hitting hitting the wall at times. And again, the way we were playing uh, even played into that at times when when uh, our guys were playing so hard at, at times going into the all-star break. 
I just felt we hit that time. They, they had nothing left in the tank. I was so glad we had the break at that point. Um, so I, I think part of it was fatigue, part of it was injuries. Uh, and that couples in with, you know, if, if you have a little bit more depth, maybe you get over those things a little bit easier. So, so we, we definitely need to work on that. And like I said, the depth is coming. It's not just identifying the problem, but what's the solution. And that's uh, the depth is coming. And we saw a lot of these players, even just getting Bortolo in, knowing that, that, you know, uh, Eklund's going to be back next year, knowing that some of these other young guys will be in and knowing that we'll probably go out and acquire a few players. So we expect the competition level to be higher and we expect the depth to be higher. And then a lot of the changes throughout the season sort of led to just no one line that was consistent. And there are a lot of changes. So how much of that do you think plays into not finding consistency in the game? It, it does. I think when we, when every team has injuries, every team had COVID this year. Um, so I think you do have to change your lines around and, and you have to adjust to it. So uh, part of it is, is part of life. You have to, you have to adjust the best teams do. Um, you know, I, I remember some Pittsburgh teams that were, were just, they had, they had, you know, seven, eight injuries and, and they still kind of kept plugging away this, the way they did. They had, you know, kind of interchangeable pieces that came in and played and, and that's, that's our goal. You know, we, we want to get to that point with our depth to, uh, uh, just be able to, to take, uh, uh, and, and when guys get injured, uh, plug somebody else in and don't lose much. And as far as, you know, the production of the line or the consistency. So, uh, that's our, that's our goal to do it. But right now, again, just addressing depth and, and getting the experience for some of the younger players and, and externally, uh, filling some needs and, and maybe just even addressing how we play. It, it really is a compilation of, of all those areas. In the last uh, season, what are you most, uh, comfortable with, you know, from goaltending, defense, offense? That's a good question. I'm, I'm really happy that we went out and acquired uh, uh, Capo. It, it really, um, you know, helped our depth in that area tremendously. Uh, so I feel a lot better uh, with our goaltending this year. And, and I, I had felt we had made an upgrade anyway over the, the previous year. But uh, so we're moving in a good direction there. Uh, with our D, I think, as I had mentioned before, uh, the November COVID uh, surge that we had and when we had the whole group of guys out and that's when we plugged in, you know, uh, Magna, um, we had uh, Malash went in, Merkley went in. Uh, we even had, you know, Hataka in some games. Uh, Artie Niazov even had a game this year. You know, we found out that we have some pretty good depth at D and, and we have, you know, when players are out injured, uh, you obviously you can't replace your your Carlson's when they're out or your Ferraro's when they're out. But, uh, but we did find out that we had more depth than, than perhaps we, we thought because we just hadn't played the other guys. And when they did, they went in and played well and we won some hockey games. Uh, you know, forward, I think, is where the, the focus goes on, on, you know, externally probably looking and, and getting a few uh, players that can produce and, and address some depth issues. And, uh, um, and that's, you know, quite frankly, where a lot of our young players are as well. So the, a lot of the young players we're talking about that we haven't seen yet, most of them are forwards. So that's the area I think you'll see probably the, the biggest change with. It's fair to say that one of the changes possible here is that 40 goal, uh, addressing that 40 goal sort of deficit or what. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. But it's going to be, again, probably a, a compilation of, of a group of little things uh, or, or medium things than, than a large thing. You know, a large thing to address 40 goals probably means going out and getting a player that, that uh, quite frankly, we, we don't have the room for, uh, or at least at this point, you know, uh, we have made the room for, but, and that's, it's a challenging environment. It is for, for many teams in that regard. So we're going to have to find a different way of doing it most likely. And that, that will probably be just, uh, just doing more little things or, or, or medium type things to, to get the, find the 40 goals. Do you have any sort of update on the, where you're at in the GM search process? You know what? We talk daily. I talk to Jonathan Becker a lot and, and we, we talk about candidates. We do some vetting. Uh, you know, we, we talk again, we uh, keep looking at the team here too. It's about not necessarily the, the individuals, but it's also the fit. So we, we go over the fit and we say like, okay, it's not just, we like this individual and what they bring, but in, as far as the, uh, the fit goes, how, how do they fit within uh, you know, the players that we have and what we're trying to accomplish here and things like that too. So, um, you know, we have, we have talks, uh, daily, um, it's just an ongoing process. And, and again, when we, 
look at it, we had, uh, you know, Dean was here for 12 years and Doug was here for 19 years. And, and, uh, and we want to, you know, the, whoever we bring in here, we want to have, you know, uh, hopefully the same type of run, managerial run and, and, and success that we've had in the past. Speaking of the, uh, with the Bob, uh, do you have a, I guess, a date when you'd like to be able to say whether or not he and his staff will be coming back, whether it's your decision or the incoming GF's decision? I don't have a date. It's all part of the process. Uh, you know, it, like I said, I, I talked with 29 players over the last couple of days. I'm going to talk to staff members. We're going to go through, we're going to look at numbers. We're going to look at situations, you know, we're going to uh, try and map out exactly. Uh, it, it's more about next year as opposed to, to this year. And it's more about where are we going? So the first thing is, is, you know, what do we want to be next year? How are we going to do it? And then the last thing is, is who? And that's, it's the same with players and staff. So I don't necessarily have a date, but I can tell you, we're going to just be here every day working on that uh, uh, process and, until we're comfortable to the point of this is what we need to do. You know, as far as, uh, you know, me or, or somebody else, uh, right, right now I'm the general manager. Um, you know, I collaborate with, with my, my hockey group here. And I also collaborate with, with Jonathan Becker and Hassel Plotner uh, in giving them updates on, on what we're doing. And, and that's, you know, we're going to collectively review this year and talk about it. And, you know, if we get to a point that, that uh, maybe a, a GM decision is imminent or close, or, or we feel that, that they're going to be part of, uh, of that, and that's something we'll discuss. And so it, it could go, you know, either way, we could, we could uh, make some decision here now uh, when we have the information that we're comfortable with to make a decision one way or the other, or, or it could be, uh, you know, when, uh, when somebody else comes in. Can I slightly rephrase that then? Um, you know, I would think in theory that you would not want to bring in a, a coaching staff, say September 1st, that's too close to, you know, the training camp. So I, idea like that where it's too late, like you don't want to do that in September or August or something like that. Yeah. I mean, there, there's one thing, like we, we said, uh, we, we don't want to limit ourselves by putting a date really on anything. Having said that is, is the league year kind of starts when, when free agency starts, you know, when the playoffs are over and you have the draft and free agency. So the free agency is, is what uh, July 13th. That's when you kind of start everything for next year. Ideally, would you like to have people in place, you know, uh, prior to the draft and, 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 and free agency, you would, as long as you're, you're comfortable with it, with who's there. And that's, that's kind of, you know, where it plays. And, and so, it's always the earlier, the better, but provided, you know, the, the, the persons there, you know, that, that you want. And so, so that's kind of, you know, how the date works and, and the same works with, with uh, um, you know, the candidates that are out there that changes all the time. There's, there's going to be openings at general manager. There's going to be openings at, at, at coaching and things like that too. And that's a, that's a changing process that, that uh, uh, ebbs and flows uh, throughout the, you know, at the end of the season now, ebbs and flows through the playoffs all the way through that date. So we take all that into consideration with all of our decisions. So Joe, can you share um, what progress might have been made since the announcement of Greg Wilson to now on that list for the search? Is the closed list now? Is it shortened in any way? I, I think we're, we're narrowing down. I think it just narrows down, uh, um, you know, every day and, and just talking about the, uh, the initial list and, and, and then we're making progress kind of on the initial list. So, so I guess the, the wide list is the, the, the very wide group of people that you could, you could just write down that you have to take a look at and, and it's pretty wide. And then you get down to the, the first list of, of candidates that, that you want to basically formally interview and, and, you know, we're somewhere, we're somewhere kind of uh, between that. Um, and it's, again, we're, we're, we've already talked about some people on the, on the first list and uh, that's where we're at. We're not going to get into a lot of details of who we're talking to or, or exactly where we're at in the process, but it's more towards the, the front end than the back end. And what about the criteria? Anything you could share on that? I know initially it was too early for that, uh, you guys now have a fairly firm criteria that you're looking for? Not really. Again, it's, we, we're going to have people with all kinds of levels of experience. As Jonathan said, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have people that have been GMs before and, and have a lot of tenure and, 
you know, he can almost just kind of plug and play them into a, into a role. And they've, they've, they've kind of done that. And there's going to be others that are very promising, but their, their experience is a lot less, you know? Um, and I think it's all good. And, and even the backgrounds, you know, where they come from uh, that, you know, some are going to be you know, experts in, in, in salary cap and, and contracts. Other ones will be experts at scouting and development. Other ones will be, be players that are just really good hockey minds. And, and, you know, they, uh, similar to Doug in, in that way, you know, just a really good hockey mind that can, can, can get in with, with players and coaches and, and, and dig right in, right at the start. And people can kind of do the other roles. Um, we're open to anything and, and excited about that actually of, of the opportunity we can, it's what you do in the aggregate, your staff. So if you get a cap and contract person, like uh, we had said before, uh, we'll accentuate that with people in, in other areas. So, um, and, and then the, again, getting back to the, the fit as, as you, you talked as a, the fit is a criteria. We're not, we're not trying to uh, uh, keep a narrow path for somebody to come in and, and this is exactly what we want you to do. All we're saying is that, that, you know, we want to win. That we want to win here. That that's that's it. And and there there could be a a lot of different visions on on how to do that. Uh, we want somebody that'll recognize that that there's some some good things going, and some people recognize that you know what these are some things that we need to pick up and and have some ideas for for doing that. So um, the one thing I I don't think we're looking at is like a scorched earth type scenario to say we're you know we're just going to kind of start over and. And, and in that regard, we, you know, we're, we're down the path on, on uh, a lot of things and there's a lot of, a lot of good things to build on here. So adding to that fit, a lot of the players seem to highlight a couple of things about that. And one was he was very personable, very family oriented, youth players well. And the second was this loyalty. And are those sort of the key criteria, or at least possible criteria in the search or is that something that you're very high value to as a search? Absolutely. That's been kind of the mantra of, of our success in San Jose is, is the, the loyalty, the kind of family, the culture, uh, team aspect. And, and if you don't have, if you don't have a team, uh, camaraderie and, 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 uh, uh, collaboration, you really don't have much at all. And so we want to maintain that. Uh, I believe we still have that as an organization and, you know, whoever's at the helm that, that will be, uh, you know, a huge part of it. And that's why my character is everything as, as we're talking with people. So is, there was like two big themes this year. You talk, everybody's talked about the culture. <clears throat> everybody's talked about not being enough goals. Obviously, Evander Kane seems relatively connected to both of those things. I'm just wondering now that it's all gone or all done, just was not having him here for any games this year a net positive, neutral, or negative? Well, we determined, you know, when we made the call that it was a, a net positive. Uh, we weren't surprised that, that he went out and scored. He did that with us. That, that's, he, he's a good hockey player. He's an is a exceptional hockey player. And we had to weigh that at the time that we made the decision not to have him here. So, so we've already made that. It's not, we're not surprised that he went out and, and, and performed elsewhere. And, and we made that call. So in our, our minds, we, we looked at that as positive to, uh, uh, to help out our, our locker room. And we don't have any regrets on that. Have you gotten any sort of indication from the league when that situation might be resolved? And if you're going to know in time to, you know, plan cap wise and all that? Well, when it'll be resolved, not necessarily. It, it is in the works. Um, I'm not able to comment on, on much of that at all. Uh, the league will, uh, you know, in, in the process, uh, it, it will be tied to this league year. And so, you know, we'll, we'll, be, able to, uh, we'll be able to operate at, at, at some point and have, have an indication. I don't know when it's going to be done with, but uh, uh, I, I, I do know that, you know, if there is any type of remedy, situation or anything that that uh you know we're going to be able to to uh, to do that just since our crossing season well i think we we saw some tremendous games when he was there and i think he would even tell you he's he's disappointed that he's that he's hurt and he wants to work on that he's got a good uh, uh group of uh 
uh, uh, people along with our, our group here in San Jose that, that he works with. He tries to be proactive you know, to injuries. And when you play that much and you play that hard, you are going to get hurt. And, and that's just, just part of things. And you just want to limit that. So I think that's something he takes very seriously and wants to, wants to, uh, uh, you know, make better in the future. He, um, uh, but I, I think, I think he had some tremendous games with us this year and noticeable when he was out of the lineup. And so if we had a full season, you know, of him at that level of performance on there is, is again, we're, we're probably a lot closer. So is it though that he hasn't played a full season since his last year in Ottawa, I don't think four, four, five years since he's played a full year for various reasons, I'm sure. Yeah. Is that concern? Yeah, it's something that we have to we have to be aware of and we need to discuss. And again, we need to try and be proactive with uh, uh, with with treatments, with with training, with with things like that, talking with Eric, maybe, maybe even with usage. So that there, there's everything. How can we how can we get the best out of the situation with him? You know, is is uh, is it is it minutes? Is it uh, uh, situations? Is it the uh, training? Uh, you know, I nothing uh, or everything should be looked at. So you mentioned earlier that um, you don't have the cap space right now necessarily to go after a big name. Um, but just just on that on the front, obviously. One, you'll find out what happens with the Kane situation and you'll have a better idea, but like, do you feel like you have the uh, permission, I guess, or whatever you want to call it from, from Hasso to possibly, you know, buy, buy another player out or do, do something else to find more cap space, basically? Well, I, I think we, we could, you know, pretty much bring any idea to the forefront with a, uh, uh, you know, with, this is the in, intended consequence of, of, of what we're doing, you know? So if it, if it means that, that there's going to be a, a, a player move and, and, you know, we're going to, we're going to get, uh, you know, X and Y from, from moving this player, we always look at trades. So, you know, we have a history of always you know, looking at trades, uh, uh, you know, in the Jones case, uh, uh, there's a, there's a buyout maybe for some room. Uh, so there's all kinds of different ways of doing it. And, 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 we, we do look at that constantly. So when I, when I say, you know, right, everything's just a moment in time for us and, and uh, uh, tomorrow it might be different uh, with, uh, uh, and we do have a lot of different ideas. Can you speak with to uh, free agency situations with the uh, Barabanov, uh, Megna, are both unrestricted, are they both guys that uh, you want to bring back? Yeah, yeah, they are. And, uh, uh, you know, I never really go into the, the, uh, meat of negotiations or anything like that, but uh, I've talked to both parties, and and that that is something that uh, uh, you know we've discussed, and and you know on our part we we would like to do something. And how would you evaluate uh, going into? You have three starting goalies now, so how are you uh, looking at figuring that out? Uh, what's going to go into a uh, decision you make there uh, this summer? Well, it's I, I'm really glad we have three because we we've never we've never had three healthy at once. And so uh, that that's number one, it worked out well for us is that, you know, uh, we're able to have two healthy goalies for the second half of the year as, as uh, Aiden was, uh, you know, nursing his injury in that, and there will be a point to where we'll have three. And I'd rather be definitely in that position than, than the other way. And I look at it as a position of strength. Uh, you know, you, really usually just do have two goalies and, but then you have an asset, you know, then you have player asset. I don't know which way that's going to go. That's going to be in our uh, analysis of, uh, of, of how they're all playing of maybe a marketplace, uh, you know, if we do a deal or, or whatever it is. So it's, uh, uh, it's something that we have, but we look at it really as a position of strength, but it is something that we'll have to, you know, it, it won't be the same way. Uh, next year. So we'll have to do something uh, between now and then exactly what certainly can't tell you that'll be part of our uh, discussions. And with Aiden, uh, there's no concern that he's, you know, he only played like, one game in the last three months and it was just off and on with his recovery. There's no concern that it's long-term that anything like that, that, you know, this is something that can't even go into next season where he has the same injury. Don't know, you know what's going on. I trust that we'll, we'll get to a resolution for that in the summer. It, it's really to define it. It's just more of a, a nagging injury than it is like a, 
uh, you know, anything really serious to worry about uh, that, that goes, you know, long-term or anything like that. It's just a nagging puzzling uh, type of thing that, that, you know, um, he, he's, he's seen a lot of different specialists. Uh, you know, he had an injection uh, last week and, and these things that we're just trying various things that uh, a lot of times uh, it's a combination of rest, seeing another specialist, getting an injection, trying a different, maybe uh, um, alternative type treatment. And that's where we're going. And, and a lot of times it's trial and error and, and you hit the one that works and there you go. You're, you're kind of through that. So we, we think now, uh, you know, it's been frustrating for him. It's been frustrating for us in that regard, but it, it happens occasionally, but it's, it's nothing that we have really long-term concerns about or that it's a, it's a terrible health situation. It's more of a nagging type of thing. Well, you mentioned the word, you know, puzzling, which, uh, but it's not a concern though. I mean, I guess it's a puzzle solved to some degree. I, I don't know. Yeah, puzzling seems like a, yeah, it's just a, in, words, in, huh? in, yeah, it's something when you look at, at, at the injury, you say, well, that that's, it's not necessarily terrible injury, but it's, it's just not, not getting better. So just, it's more about it, as far as not the diagnosis of it, but the, the treatment that'll, that'll get them over the hump. And so, uh, and that happens. You're obviously going to have a bunch of new young players coming into to the Barracuda next year, but then they were also the worst team in the league this year. And I just wonder what the philosophy, philosophy is sort of on, like, you're going to have, you're going to have a young team again next year, but also do you want to like add, more veteran players to help them win does it does it matter if they if they win and get into the playoffs it it absolutely matters and i uh uh you know we've we've been in the playoffs every year since 2014 uh in our minor league system except for the year that we didn't have COVID. so we've uh or when, when they didn't have playoffs but we've been in every year until this year and we take that very seriously winning breeds winning uh it is important um I probably cut it too thin with, with veteran players. Cause uh, the second we took, you know, Magna out and, and, you know, Jake Middleton had been a part of that in the past and, and, and Malash. And, and we took a lot of guys up to the Sharks, which is a good thing for the organization, but, but it left, uh, it left the Barracuda short on players on one regard, but more importantly, short on like standard bearing players, you know, uh, never truly have replaced John McCarthy as, as like a standard bearing forward. Uh, Jacob Magno was a great captain for us there. Um, I, I have to double down on, on that and just make sure that at all times that we have, uh, you know, those type of veteran players that can teach young players. That's going to be, you know, even more important as, as we have, you know, the, the Gushkins and Coes and Weissblatt's and Robbins and Bortolos and, and Eklund's and, whoever ends up kind of going through the minor league system that you have players such as, as Jacob Magna, John McCarthy, who can uh, show them the way. So, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about that. I, I probably, uh, we pulled a lot of players up, but uh, in, in just building it, I probably cut a little bit too short on have, having those standard bearing players, veteran type guys. Did anyone need surgery? Um, there's, there's three guys that, that we're looking at potential minor leagues or, or not, uh, minor surgery for it. And, uh, uh, again, it's, it's just three days really after the end. So I still haven't sat down with Ray. He, he just got his reports and things like that. So I think there's three guys. So it's, again, there's, there's a lot of guys nursing injuries. I think there's three guys that we're, we're considering surgery on right now. So yeah. Uh, not at this point, not until I get a little bit more details from, from, uh, uh, Ray, but if we do have an update, I'll, I'll, I'll get that to you. How about the world championships? Like can you say, uh, at this point, who's going, um, I, I think, I think we'll, we'll have, uh, about, uh, uh, upwards of like 10 players that, that are, are considered, it'll probably be between eight and 10. Like I just talked to Shane Dolan last night and he's, he's considering a few guys. So I don't, I, I can't really share that with you because I think he's in the process of, of seeing if, if, if it works on his end, if it works on, on the players ends. Uh, I've been in touch with uh, USA hockey, uh, Czech Federation, Swiss Federation, uh, Denmark, Latvia. So um, I've talked to a lot of, a lot of the different federations on guys. And my, my guess is it's going to be eight to 10 players and, I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk with Scott that, uh, as far as when we reach out and it's confirmed with the federations, I think we'll, we'll let you know, but I think in the process and in, in fairness to them, I'm, I'm not going to speculate on what they're doing, but I, I think there's a, um, uh, you know, it's likely there'll be eight to 10. I'm just checking specifically on uh, Eric, just because he said that he was sort of like, oh, thinking about it a couple mm -hmm. of days ago. So is that still at that phase where I'm not sure yet? 
Yeah, I think so. In Eric's case, I think it's more, uh, Eric will let me know on that one. I haven't talked to the Swedish Federation on that. So, so he, he could be one, you know, as well on there, but I didn't include that in the eight to 10. So, and, uh, I think, uh, a number of our, our players have, I think, you know, as much, we'll probably have eight to 10 to play and we'll have a number of guys that probably decide not to for various reasons for injuries and things like that. So. Shifting gears a little bit, I want to ask you about the uh, RFA, obviously. Um, I know you don't want to get into too many particulars, but is there sort of a uh, approach that you guys are looking for with his contract in terms of, I know that he's, you know, beloved organization is obviously mm-hmm. alternate captain for just his third year, uh, but obviously, dude, there's also the realities of cap space and that sort of thing. So is there uh, maybe uh, you can talk about sort of the approach that you guys maybe are looking for? kind of a bridges deal, uh, short term or more long term. We'd love to, you know, if you can, you know, get, you know, bring him for a long term and, you know, uh, uh, have him you know, committed for a long term. Yeah, we're we're open to everything, and and we need to be in that situation, but. Uh, you're right. It's like the, the, if you can is, is part of it and weighing everything uh, on there. So it's, you know, if you're not, if you don't have a salary cap, you know, you're, you're probably leaning towards doing something maybe longer term uh, on there. But when you have a salary cap, you have to weigh, you know, the, the costs of, of everything you do at, at what, what term and what the cost is. And, and, and he's a, a valuable guy to us. Uh, and, uh, and we'll just we'll just weigh that. I have had discussions with uh, his agent Peter Wallen uh, all the way back, I think, to December, January, uh, on there. And you know, I've I've told him at that point in time I was working on Hurdle's contract. And a lot of times, you know, you work on the UFAs uh, first uh, as much as you can. Doesn't mean you you don't do the the RFA players, but uh, it's a little bit different time time frame on that. But we have had discussions, and again, it's just managing the the cap and and along with uh, uh, just managing our future. So anything you can add for Kevin Bank about this situation? Well, again, and, and yeah, and going back to the 40 goals, uh, you know, he's he's one I think even uh, – I was listening to to uh, uh, the earlier uh, press conference uh, today too, and he was one player that we just because uh, he hasn't been here for a while, hadn't been here all year, so we 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 just didn't really talk about as much as as we we probably should be. Is that he is going to bring that office, he is going to bring that stability, uh, consistency to, to lines and and more goals for us. It's not forty goals, uh, you know. I, I hope it could be, but I, I think I. I don't think he's he's gonna give forty, but I, he could uh, he could really considerably help our offense, and and we missed him, we missed him. So I'm I'm looking forward to him. Uh, you know, he's at the point now is were we a playoff team? Would he have been? You know, uh, just at the end here, would we be a little less cautious or, or or treated a little bit differently? We would probably with the number of guys on here, but when you when you go in and when you're out of the playoffs, you're you are a little bit more careful with injuries and things like that too. So in, in his case, you know, just the extra couple of weeks of healing, we felt that was beneficial, but, uh, but he's close to, to being a hundred percent and then he'll, he'll train hard all summer and, and really help our offense next year. If, if he's done what he's done in the past. What's his ceiling. I mean, there's always hope that he could be a top six guy. He's getting paid like mm-hmm. a top six guy. Yeah. What's his ceiling like right now for him? Like is you know, he's going to be inconsistent, I guess. That's a fair way to say it. Assess yeah. the last couple of years. Where does he need to go? And how would you assess how he's going to help this team going forward? Well, I think he can play as a top six player at times. I think if you're if you're a, a well-stocked championship team, he's, he's somewhere in the top nine, you know, and uh, uh, and he's a scorer and he's creative and, and you know, he, he can, uh, you know, I think uh, – I think he could be a, you know, kind of a Swiss uh, offensive Swiss army knife for us, play in a lot of different situations and, and just help our, our collective offense. And you know, a lot could change between now and then, but if you given much thought to whether or not you or the organization is going to let say William Eklund or Tomas Bordalo or anybody else that might get pulled in play in the August world junior championships. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll consider it. And, and uh, if that's an opportunity, we'll, we'll talk with them. It's, um, you know, it's kind of a, uh, the season this year uh, went a little bit longer. So we're already into May. Uh, so if Bortolo say plays in the, in the world championships now, then that'll get through, through May. And then he'll have, he'll have uh, June to train July. We'll have development camp out here and then it'll kind of go into world juniors. So we're going to have to wait at that point in time, 
uh, you know, does it make sense for him to go to wor world juniors and play in that tournament or is it, is it better spent uh, in training? Um, that will be the, the, the crux of our decision is, is really what's best for his development, getting ready for the NHL season. And it is for him. Uh, it'll be on his end, that decision as well. He's, he's already talked to us about that. And he said, this may be something we need to uh, discuss, you know, because it's a, it's a tight summer when you're trying to pack in a world juniors, you got a world championships, you got a development camp, you got everything else. We're just trying to, to, to give them the best tools to, uh, to make the sharks next year. I can't remember the last time we talked about Eckley, but what did you think of his year overall? You know, it, it's funny, and when you talk about analytics and data, we saw some positive things in, in what he accomplished over there this year. Uh, the team wasn't very good. Uh, uh, Drew Garden struggled, and, uh, um, and that really affected him. Uh, but he was played in, in a lot of important situations and that's what we liked. Again, it's one of the things we liked when we drafted him that, you know, he could be a, a player to, to play defensively an all zone guy, a first minute, last minute, all situation type guy. And that's the things that we, we saw from him. They were kind of a, a one line team and it was, you know, some older, older players on there. So offensively, he, he wasn't very involved in things. He, when you, when you saw the guys like that, that he played with it, it just, they weren't offensive drivers driving guys. So uh, within there, you know, we had to look and see what, uh, uh, you know, with what he had, uh, were we satisfied with that? We, we absolutely were. And again, when you look at the, this league, when we made that decision, I think there was one player this year that played uh, 18 year old player that played and it was Sillinger in uh, Columbus. So it, uh, again, our, our decision to do that, it's, it's the league and the history of everything. That's what, that's what we followed. And uh, um I, I'm glad he went back. I'm glad he got this year under his belt, but I'm, I think he'll, he'll come in and, and grab the experience he had in his nine games last year and the, uh, uh, and the uh, uh, experience with your garden and, and, and be a better player for it. Is he playing for the national team? We're for the world. Um, he, I was talking with Johan Garpenloff and I think he was consideration. I don't know where it ended up right now. So uh, he, I think he, he uh, uh, went and played uh, to help uh, his junior team advance at something on there. And then uh, uh, I think Sweden was considering him, but I don't know what the final resolution is on that. Just from an organization standpoint, it's how, how important is it to make playoffs? It, it's huge. I, I mean, it's, it's, if you, if you ask a number of players, it's demanded, you know, like, like Logan, it, it's, doesn't want anything less than that. Tomash doesn't want anything less than that. They believe we can part Tomash is, you know, decision to, to stay with the Sharks as, as well. And, 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 you know, Bernsey and Eric and, and Timo and, and the guys that have had that, the, uh, the beauty is, is that as, as we're getting better and getting some of these young guys in there, they are surrounded with players that have a, a large depth of playoff experience. So it's really going to help as, as opposed to sometimes you have teams that when they're, when their young core kind of come up, they, you know, the other players in the organization really hadn't, they don't have much experience in playoffs. We do. Um, and so I, I guess when you've been to something so much, when you've had, you know, 30 playoff rounds in 20 years and uh, of which a lot of the, the, our core have been a part of, uh, you know, they, they demand it. They, they're, uh, that's in their sights and that's all they want. We were talking with, with, with Brent uh, on Friday and he was asked, do you want to stick it up here or, Chase to come elsewhere, and he loves San Jose. His family loves San Jose, but he also admitted that he was getting up there. Mm -hmm. and he was always so many years left. Concerned, or is there any concern that maybe some of these players would come to you and, and say, or whoever the manager might be in the fall, and say, you know, I'd like to chase a cup elsewhere if this team isn't ready to do that right now? Is that something that's maybe crossed your mind, or is that something that they talked about at all? Yeah, I think that that happens in this business, but, uh, you know, we haven't, uh, you know, we've never went out and said that, that we're not, uh, you know, our desire is not to make the playoffs or, or to, to take a step back. Our, our desire is to make the playoffs, not just desire, like our, our, our mandate is, is, is to do that. So we have that there, uh, players have, have choices and players have, have thoughts and prerogatives on where they are in their, their career. So, um, uh, 
you know, I talked uh, fascinating discussions with, with 29 players over the, uh, the last few days and, and everything's brought up. I say no holds barred, you know, like, like, what do you want to talk about? They'll, they'll, they'll talk, uh, they'll ask about certain prospects. They don't know. They'll, they'll ask where we're at. Uh, what, what do you think? What do we, um, you know, what are we going to uh, uh, do next year? How are we going to get back into the playoffs? I share as much as I can with them. And uh, I think we have a group that, that, uh, that believes in the path that we're going and, uh, um, and is sticking with it. So, uh, but they all do have the prerogative that, you know, people have different family situations or different <laughs> points in their career. You know, looking at that now, I'm, I'm super happy for jumbo uh, just to be in the playoffs right now and, and to do that too. So, I mean, uh, it's uh, uh, we wish the best for all of our guys. You know, we were talking to Mark Edward too, and, and I asked him, you know, flat out, are you concerned about buyout? And one of the reasons that's going to come up is because now you guys have a, a lot of other left shot defensemen sort of in the system now they are kind of ready, maybe, to sort of take on a, a role with this team. Would that play into your decision making as far as that, or this team's decision making? If you're looking to create some cap space that you have to look for areas in, where you're deep that you can maybe use that. Or so, like you said before, take one area where you're deep and use it to address another area, I guess. I'm very bullish on Mark Edwards. So it's that that's a hard one for me. He, uh, um, you know, his ability, the things that he does, ability to, to shut down top players. And, and uh, you know, just a few years ago, he was a, uh, in the Norris vo uh, voting and everything else on there. And I remember uh, just uh, uh, how, how much he's helped other players and, and shutting down the Sidney Crosby's over the years and different players, the high-end players that he's uh, 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 defended. I, I just, uh, uh, I'm a big believer in him. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into anything about uh, his future with that, except to say that I'm a big believer in him and, uh, you know, as far as if you're just talking about the, the, the use of buyouts, we, we always do look at it, but you look at our history. We've, you know, we haven't, we've done that all that much. We did that with Martin Jones and, and that's kind of a last, last option for us. in, in most cases, you know, we, we hope to get the, the best out of people and, and uh, go from there. With the Jones buyout, does that more or less prevent other moves along that line or just because you don't want to carry that much? Cap yeah, no, not, not really, because it was, you know, if you look in the aggregate of, of this year during the year, uh, Aiden Hill plus James Reimer plus uh, Jones's buyout was less than Jones and Dubnik. And, and so we had an upgrade and yet our, our, our cap was less. So, you know, that's, those are type of, of uh, that's type of analysis we look at when we do things like that uh, uh, to, can you, in the aggregate, maybe, end up better on things. So of course that would be looked at in all situations, but uh, I'm certainly not going to tie that to any particular player here. My, my view of every player here is that, that they are here and that they're, they're contributing. Uh, zeroing in on uh, Mark Edward, um, you know, uh, last two seasons though, he's been basically used as a third pairing defenseman. And um, you mentioned, you know, your optimism about him, but, you know, obviously he is with his advancing age and, his usage uh, um, being lowered, um, I guess, what gives you the, the optimism that he can return to that? I guess when you're saying you're bullish on him, I assume you're talking about him fulfilling close to his, the value of, you know, $7 million defenseman, which is not uh, bottom bearing or third bearing usage defenseman. So how, you know, do you see him well, going back it, to that? It starts with his enthusiasm, uh, you know, a great meeting with him. He's, he's excited about playing there. There's, you know, he's got a, got a nice contract. He's accomplished a lot in his career. There's certain guys will be, you can tell they're, they're just down the path and, and, and happy to be here and, and, and different that he, he wants to be excellent. He's excited about training. He's excited about coming back. He, I, I felt he played, played very well in the second half and, and, and uh, we saw a better second half. So that I, I had a, I had a really good meeting with him. So uh, just for that, the eye test of the second half, that's, that's what I base. Do you think the second half that he was playing at a, you know, a middle pairing, top pairing level? Yeah, he can be, he could, he could still play against top players. So. So deal with uh, Burns and Carlson, does that pretty much limits? Uh, last game on the third 
Um, sometimes it does. And, you know, when, if you're looking for specific partners for Burns and Carlson on there, uh, you know, sometimes it makes it, 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 you know, a little bit different, you know, and, and where is, you know, it's not the same as when we had say, uh, Martin with Burns and we had, and we had Vlasic with, with Braun. I mean, that's where we remember that back from the finals. And, and then, uh, after that, and, you know, uh, our, our defense ha has evolved and, and sometimes we split it up over, you know, in, into three pairings and, and things like that too. And I think our, I would say our defense is evolving, not necessarily evolved. It's still a work in pro progress because we have younger players in there, you know, and, uh, um, so with that, you know, he's been moved around a little bit too, and that's, you know, uh, part of what's changed with him and maybe changed his circumstance. Uh, uh, but, uh, it's something we're gonna, we're gonna look at this summer. And then what about his ice time? Obviously Burns is getting a lot of ice time and so is the second line over the last couple of years. The last ice time is a lot lower. Yeah. What does he need to do to change that? Well, it's it's not always what, what he needs to do. I mean, you have uh, a Ferraro plays a lot of minutes and, and Burns and Carlson do play a lot of minutes. So it's not necessarily what, what he needs to do on there is just that the, the situation has changed. We have to, we have to look at how we're going to manage that and who's going to play with who and, and, and how that all fits together. And like I said, it's, it's, it's different than, than when, you know, we had all those years when he was playing with Braun and, and he was, you know, he was a, a shutdown uh, pairing were just built a little bit different here uh, now than than we were then, and and maybe part of it is is the adjustment with there. And yes, he he, he is getting older uh, in, in that regard, but there's there's plenty of other contributing players his age, um, you know, in the league and uh, uh, and his commitment to training and and his just desire to to remain a, a top player. Um, they're all positive signs. And also follow up on on Ekman. So when he was here. How much of that decision? You mentioned the you know the age in the in the league and so on. How much of that decision was based on how he did in those nine games? And at what point did you guys feel that it's better for him to go back? It was much more based on the history of of what the league has done over all the years with eighteen year old players, and uh, you know it, that just not wanting them. There, there's been a. Uh, really a propensity to injury for 18 year old players in, in this league. We didn't want them to get hurt. We didn't want to, to have a bad experience, hit a wall during the year. And then, uh, you know, or he's just kind of stuck. We'd, we'd rather have just a momentum, uh, you know, uh, of what most 18 year olds do is, is just go back to their amateur teams and, uh, or in his case is pro professional team in, in, uh, in Sweden, but, uh, but play, let your body grow a little bit, get the experience of that, uh, of training camp and, and those 10 games and, and, and mentally and physically get prepared for the next season. So again, there was just one team that, that kept a uh, 18 year old player here this year in uh, Columbus. And that just tells you something it's, it's every team really scrutinizes that decision. And uh, I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm glad we did it. You're saying no amount of performance is going to change that. I won't say no amount of performance. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's that could, but that that would weigh on him at that point in time. You know, he he not only have to have to show us wow, he's just a, a top guy at the point at that point, but also that he's not, you know, he's not going to get hurt. You know, and uh, uh, or not going to hit a wall because again, even in those 10 games, if he, if he doubled his output uh, uh, offensively on there too, we have to consider what's going to happen after the 40 or 50, because he's not used to that. He's not used to the travel and he's not used to playing against, you know, speedy 200 pound uh, players uh, that, that, that hit for a living. And, and uh, uh, when your body's still growing and, and you're trying to figure out the game and do so many other things, it's, it's just, uh, uh, again, I, I overuse this term, but miles on the odometer. You know, we just want to build up as, as much as we can with these guys, but realistically. Timo Myers going into the final year of his contract here. Um, you know, how open are the Sharks to talking with him about an extension? Yeah, we're we're very open. We look at we look at everything. So, so that's uh, um, you know, I have a, a good relationship with his agent. I have a good relationship with Timo. Um, no problem talking about things. It's never, never easy. It's not going to be easy. Uh, it's not going to be quick. Uh, but, uh, 
but I, I expect that we'll have conversations uh, uh, on and off throughout the year, whether they're formal, informal, um, you know, that's just kind of, you know, how we, how we do things. So we'll, we'll start dipping our toe into the water here and looking at options and things like that uh, too. Uh, so that's what I expect. Just given his contracts, the way it's structured, is it fair to say that you'd like to get something done before he becomes an RFA? Is that kind of fair to say? Or? Um, not necessarily. We just want to do it right. So it's, it's all we want to, uh, uh, you know, just want to want to do it right for for the long term and uh um and again that'll take a lot of work and a lot of discussion a lot of time uh put into it and and uh that's it's on our list now speaking of contracts um you think uh, is the goals still the same at least when you've done a lot of area contracts how do you feel about that i think you you know, the NHL is a marketplace. Um, you can do what you want to do within your, your own structure, but, you know, unrestricted free agents, it's an open marketplace. So uh, eight-year contracts are given out, uh, given out to, you know, usually the best players in the game. It's, it's, it's not unusual. And, and uh, uh, I think in a, in a time too, when the cap has been so, so tight, as far as the, uh, you know, the, it stayed at the 81 five for, for, for three years. Uh, it probably just means that, that it's going to be more term instead of more dollars. And, and, uh, so, you know, you're seeing probably a few more eight year contracts, uh, out there right now. Um, we take it seriously. It's not an automatic for us, but it's also a recognition that there, there's a lot of them in the, in the marketplace. And, and, uh, when you're, when you're battling with, other teams for a player's services, that's that's a big part of it. Don't you assess uh, Boyce Sommer the job he did this year? Do you, you anticipating that, that staff will be back? You know what? They At times, they didn't have an awful lot uh, 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 of help as far as the, the players that they had. Like I addressed the, the uh, you know, we're taking away Jacob Magna and, and uh, you know, and without uh, Jake Middleton and, and Malash and different standard bearing players there. Um, just, they could have used a few more vets in there. Uh, we yanked an awful lot of players up. We'll never, we'll, that's what we're supposed to do. We'll never apologize for that, but we en he ended up with a lot of ECHL players in there. And, uh, um, and we had, uh, again, we, we really, we really had to get deep into goaltending and some different things like that. So it was, uh, uh, I think if you asked Ray he, or asked Roy, he would say, you know, it's a, it's a combination of things. It, it was, it got pretty thin at times and, you know, he would go back and, and uh, he's a professional and he'll, he'll look and say, you know what, maybe we could have addressed this or that a little bit different, but overall a uh, great human being They're They're, they're great hockey men there. They, they work hard and, and uh, I appreciate the job that they do. And uh, like, like everything else, like every member of this organization, the review is on and like it should be, we all want to get back to the playoffs and we all want to, uh, be part of a of of a plan that's going to get us there. Talk with Bob this morning and saying that you know we'd like to see this team. Uh, and maybe I should probably share that with you too. Like the team getting faster. You know, maybe maybe not just foot speed, but guys who think they need fast quickly. How much of a priority is that for you guys as well? Oh, it is, and and I think you know, in fairness, we have some of that you know coming. So as far as our internals and some of our our, our players that that haven't really seen yet. You even saw when Bortolo came in, it's not even necessarily foot speed with him. It's, it's uh, puck speed. And uh, you know, he just, he just plays fast and uh, you know, Eklund, uh, Eklund will, will play fast and, and Brandon Coe is fast and plays fast and things like that. So, so some of the, some of the um, uh, prospects we have coming are that, and that'll be part of it. Like, like everything, it'll be, uh, we look at uh, maybe we need some more right shots. Maybe we need, you know, some more size in this. We, we, we put together uh, um, an age grid each year. We say, okay, how are we stacked at every position? Uh, it, as far as age goes, we, we look at, at, at an asset grid, you know, like as far as how many skaters do we have, how many, you know, of, of their skating grades. And, and so just how that, that, that goes. And we see where, 
where we're probably leveraged well and where we're not leveraged well on particular things, where we have right shots, left shots, where we have, you know, size, size, uh, uh, small size, uh, you know, type of things on there. And we, we look at those points uh, on there. So, so yeah, speed, you know, is, is everything here, but again, Noah Gregor and, and the other night, I think Noah Gregor had, uh, um, uh, Lane Peterson was flying out there. There, there's some good skaters in that lineup the other night, but, uh, uh, if, if that's tiebreaker, we always will go with the faster player. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Logan Couture as the captain with this past year? I think he's been a great captain. He's, he's, uh, nobody cares more than, than Logan. Um, you know, I think you, you want a captain to be a, I think if you look back at, at the playoffs in the past decade in the National Hockey League, Logan Couture would be a top 10 forward for me in, in what he's accomplished in the playoffs and, and what he brings. And that tells me that that he steps up in the best games. Uh, he's he's a quieter leader uh, because he's very professional. He doesn't, uh, you know, it, it's more by his actions, uh, by the standards he has. Um, he's a tremendous leader and, and we're, we're lucky to have him. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Our thanks to Sharks interim GM Joe Will for an extended session with the media. I'm Dan Rusinowski. Thanks for joining us today.